Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. The annual Tennessee Williams Festival St. Louis is just around the corner, and this year's event should prove entertaining on and off the stage. When people think of the former St. Louisans' work, Streetcar Named Desire often tops the list, and that's the featured production for this year's festival. Streetcar opens Thursday at the Grandel Theater. Joining me in studio to talk about the festival, Williams, and the production are event founder Carrie Houck, St. Louis-based composer Henry Palkus, who has composed original music for the production. Thank you both so much for being with us. Good afternoon, Hello. Don. Carrie, this is becoming an annual event, obviously. Yes, it is. It Th- is. This is really a labor of love for you, isn't it? It is. I've loved Williams' work since I was a young actor, Actually, before that, I, I read his work when I was a kid. Mm. I read plays, not novels. So um, I've always loved his work as an actor. There's nothing, no, no material that's more uh, fulfilling to play. Um, but I also think Williams speaks brilliantly to the human condition. And Streetcar does, in my opinion, above all of his plays. Right. Yes, I think that is just about number one. Maybe mm-hmm. Glass Menagerie is one that people would uh, people right. would look at. Mm-hmm. Why do you think it is, Carrie, that St. Louis is so loyal to him when he really didn't like St. Louis very much? Well, Don, I do think that is a misconception. <laughs> oh, really? He actually loved St. Louis, the city. He didn't really um, love what his life was like during the 19 years that he spent right. here. You know, he had a tumultuous family life. He had a, a, a job that he didn't like. He didn't get to go to school as long as he wanted to. Um, and I feel that coming from the South, he had a persona as a, a young gay man that wasn't utterly um, accepted here during that time. He came from a very idyllic atmosphere there into a very industrial city uh, the year his parents moved here. And um, he had a rough go in that respect, but he really did love St. Louis. He in just fa- didn't like his time here. Exactly. Is that, is that what you're saying? But this year we're, uh, we're sort of honoring his French Quarter years from the time he moved to New Orleans, which was directly after St. Louis, and where he found his artistic home, his spiritual home. He called it the last frontier of Bohemia. Uh-huh. All right, I'll stand corrected, Carrie. Okay. My, my impression of, of Tennessee Williams. <laughs> Henry Palkus, what drew you into this project? Carrie. Uh, of course, <laughs> Carrie. Um, I've been doing the festival since the beginning. The first one was uh, Stairs to the Roof, mm-hmm. um, where she had asked me to do music. And the second was the uh, Boarding House Plays which was uh, I was kind of a character in the play at that point where I was essentially the boarding house piano player uh-huh. in the lounge and just uh, thoroughly enjoyed that but this was this was it knocked me out that that I was asked to do this one and and also that Tim Osell asked me to to join the production because Tim Osell is our <clears throat> fabulous director yeah. he's a director I've worked with in opera before and also uh, at Webster Conservatory on different productions and I've always been a very very strong admirer of his of his work what was your musical approach to a streetcar <clears throat> well I really approached it as um, as being the piano player at the Four Deuces Lounge, which is down the street from where all of the action takes place. And um, as as in most, this was not a glamorous spot. It was It's kind of a rundown bar. And there's a piano player there that's there 
nightly, daily, pretty much all day long. And sometimes he has other musicians playing with him, and sometimes he he doesn't. And it was interesting in the evolution of the of the score. I noticed, and it's because you, as a composer for a play or for a musical, you're trying to track the characters, you're trying to track the action, and not just be some something going on in the background. And so. By the end of the production, by the end of the score, I noticed that the the piano player in this thing really was starting to become a character in the play mm-hmm. and almost making commentary on, you know, what the state of the, the different characters were for each cue, mm-hmm. you know, as as they progressed in their in their arc. Carrie, is this a, a new concept uh, for Streetcar? Yeah. Uh well, I always like Henry's music in mm-hmm. all of my shows. Um, I like original music composed mm-hmm. instead of just, you know, found mm-hmm. cues. Um, and for those of you who who know New Orleans in the French Quarter in particular, music emanates from the cracks in the sidewalks there. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just there. And it's I consider this another character, the music, another character in the play. Mm-hmm. Um and it really, we really have created the quarter quite convincingly. And this is not the new gentrified French quarter, but sort of the fringes of the quarter. In what year is Streetcar set? 1948. 48, okay. Mm-hmm. I thought it was in that particular era. And, well, and also, Williams specifies in various places in the script that there is music going on, and, mm-hmm. he, and he describes it in his stage directions, what the sound of it would be, and so you take a cue from that, even down to every now and then he mentions instrumentation. Mm-hmm. So we had that to start with. Uh, you know, I'm thinking back, uh, it's been years and years since I've seen the movie with Marlon Brando, and <laughs> I don't recall music being uh, featured there, but perhaps I've just forgotten that. Oh, it's there. Yeah. It is there. Um the thing is, I think a good score should sort of enhance yeah. what's happening instead of sure. being a separate element. So, yeah, yeah again, Henry's really um, uh, incorporated it into what is happening on stage at any time. In we, fact, he's been he's been on tour with an American in Paris, so this was all recorded from afar. And tonight <laughs> he finally gets to see a run, and I cannot wait for for his reaction. We want to hear some of that music. We have a couple of clips. We'll work it in during the course of our conversation. Uh, Henry, maybe you can uh, set this up. Uh, The first one is the short version of Streetcar Blues. Right. The Streetcar Blues basically is the main theme of the show. And uh, it... this is how the this is how the show starts off, and it's just it's just this piano player at this uh, at the four deuces at <laughs> the four deuces bar and grill, um, and this is sort of where we start the action. Let's give a listen.
streetcar blues. You know, it sounds to me like something you might hear uh, in New Orleans or other places at 3 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it has... Um, I, li- I like the way that the theme kind of evolved itself. Um, um, it's, it's played with different types of rhythm throughout the, sh- throughout the show. Uh, as, as it essentially, it's, it's Stanley's music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's Stanley's music, and it, it, it evolves with Stanley. And so different parts of that theme get used and redone in different ways. We'll, we'll, we'll hear more, some mm-hmm. of the others, in, in just mm-hmm. a moment. Uh, Carrie, tell me something about the cast. Is it all local? Mostly. Mm-hmm. Our Stanley Kowalski is from out of town. He's from Chicago. But everyone else is from St. Louis. And uh, we've cast the play um, in the ages that Williams wrote them. Mm-hmm. So that's hardly ever done. Uh-huh. Generally, Streetcar is cast with more middle-aged actors. And we, you know, I've always wanted to do it this way. And Tim O'Sell and I decided on this early on that we would cast close to the age that they're supposed to be, which is very young. Mm-hmm. How, how young? Well, Stella's 24. Huh. Blanche is only 29, mm-hmm. which I think will be a big surprise to most people. But I think that it adds to the pathos of the story, that this this poor girl has been through so much and is, you know, this much of a wreck at such a young age. Yeah. Do, do you think that, that Stanleys are measured by Marlon Brando? Well, I'm glad you brought that up, Don, because I think most of the time they are, but <clears throat> we decided to just create the play as we saw it. And there is no imitation of the Ilya Kazan production or, mm-hmm. well, none of us were, I didn't see it personally, I wasn't born yet, but um, we all know the film so well, which I do think is a brilliant film. It's one of my favorites. But we're purposely not imitating that in any no. way. No. Your cast, as I understand it, is very diverse. And uh, it, that is true, correct? For the most part, well, yes. Is that a, a Hamilton influence? We're f- seeing that a lot lately where you have people of ethnic, uh, different ethnic backgrounds. Uh, We've always done that. I, mm. I don't know if you recall, but there was a time when I worked closely with Upstream Theater. Mm. Um, and, you know, we always just cast the actors who we thought were best for the role. Yep. And as a casting director, that's how I see it. There is mm-hmm. plenty of other things to talk about, but I want to go back to Henry's music here to, to keep that going, keep that vibe going. And we've got another one here, Henry, you can set up for us. This was uh, Cupmate, a jazz uh, a jazz uh, piece? Uh, Cup Mute. Cup um, Mute. I mean, it's, I, I never got terribly uh, elaborate with the titles of these cues. Um, but uh, Cup Mute, it's just it's, it's a type of mute that, that w- uh-huh. he was using. And this is um, uh, Q10. It's, it's scene change music. Um, and it starts to – when I started adding the other instruments, uh, I have a trumpet player who played live on the recording um, and a clarinetist, uh, both who were in the Orchestra of an American in Paris and were swell enough to you know, lend their talents. We um, were so lucky for that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah it was Did you record it here? No, we, re- we actually recorded it in the men's locker room <laughs> of the theater where we were because it was a natural reverberant chamber. Sure. And they were literally 
playing their horns into the sho- <laughs> into the shower stall because it bounced back and it had such a great live sound. It's like singing in the shower, right? It's a, it's I mean, we all exa- sound better in the shower. It's exactly it's exactly what it is. And and the cup mute um, this little segment is basically it it sort of tracks Stanley's inner angst or inner. Things are starting to um, to bubble within him, um, and I thought that this uh, it gave a great opportunity to just sort of put this little rhythmic thing together and, and feature our trumpet player Sam. Here it is. Mm-hmm. It's got the New Orleans feel to it. Mm-hmm. You feel that, Carrie? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, there were definitely some – because it was New Orleans, there were some there were actual players that I wanted to pay homage to. Um, anytime that you hear a cup mute, people are going to think of Miles Davis, obviously, yeah, sure. um, who had definitely an influence both in St. Louis mm-hmm. uh, in the jazz scene here and in New Orleans. Um, there's a couple of the cues. There's one that is – sort of more or less de- dedicated to um to Louis Armstrong it's called Satchmo um and the, the the quote when you come and hear the production and see the production you'll you'll hear it um but it was it was great fun doing this it was you know definitely how, how many performances are you going to have Carrie? We have eight performances beginning May 10th through May 19th we are not playing on May 18th to honor the Muni Theater's 100th anniversary hoo-ha in Forest Park, which will be amazing. And I figured most of the city would want to be there. So we're doing a matinee and evening show on our closing day of May 19th. And we play on Wednesday, which is sort of different for some of the companies here. So the full schedule is at our website. And we'll put it on our website okay, as well. And put a you. link to your website at sdlpublicradio.org so people can follow that. Thank now, you. a couple of other things are going on that uh, are yes. unusual. I, the whole thing is being kicked off with a, a parade of some sort, as I understand Yeah, it. we're doing a second line outside of the Grandel on Thursday night. And for those of you who don't know what that is, who haven't been down Bourbon Street on any day of the mm. week, they're parades that they do to, well, many times at funerals. funerals sure. But at weddings and celebratory mm. events as well. So ours will not be dirge-like. Harvey Lockhart and his band will be uh, staging that. We have all the umbrellas and hankies and beads and accessories to sort of kick off our festival in a really, you know, festive way. How long is that going to uh, last? Well, that's, we're going to start that at 6, and, and as people arrive at the theater, uh, it'll all be going on outside of the Grandel. And we do have an early curtain on this show. It's 7.30 p.m., which is different for a lot of the, the companies here. Um, but we're doing that because the dark room, which is the jazz club outside of the Grandel Theater in our lobby, will have live jazz 
every night after the show. So that's sort of part of the, the evening as well. And you can have a drink and some food and make a night of it. The whole area is being built around these uh, performances, obviously. Yeah, and we have a performance uh, the beginning weekend at the Dot Zach of Tennessee Rising, performed by Jacob Storms, who's coming in from New York. He's sort of the toast of New York now. His show is winning all sorts of awards. It's a one-man show about Tennessee Williams from his exiting of St. Louis and in his young uh, adulthood in New Orleans. And that'll be on stage? That's on stage at the Dot Zach, May 11th, 12th, and 13th. Uh, We have an early version of Streetcar, our second weekend, uh, called Interior Panic, which will be performed on our streetcar set with a discussion before and after. It's a staged reading. And I just saw that in New Orleans, and it was spectacular. It complemented a production of Streetcar that they were doing there as well. We have two panels. Uh, uh, we have our style shouting contest. I wanted to bring that oh, up. Oh, yeah. Of course. <laughs> yeah. That's May 13th after our matinee, which will be about 5.30 on the new beautiful patio outside the Grandel Theater. Well, let's spend a little more time on the, the shouting contest. For people who aren't familiar with Streetcar, um, explain to them what the Stella shouting thing is all about. Well, uh, <clears throat> about a third of the way into the play, Stella and Stanley have a big fight that emanates from a, a poker game that's gone on too long, and Stella flees to the upstairs neighbors, and Stanley is quite distraught over the fact that she's left, and in order to get her back, he, he shouts, I think most people do know this <laughs> iconic scene, uh, Stella, <laughs> many times like to his core with every fiber of his being. So every year we do have a Stella shouting contest uh, the first Sunday of the festival. And our real Stella, this year we have a real Stella, uh, our, uh, Lana Dvorak, who's Stella in our show, will be um, the object of the shouting. <laughs> so it'll be sort of acted out. Is that Exactly. Uh, it, and, but anyone from any walk of life can come, any age, any gender. I mean, it's really quite fun, and we do have prizes. That's for my next question. What can one win? Beer. Uh-huh. We have beer <laughs> if you're 21 or over. Uh-huh. Lo- locally brewed, I assume. Yes, I assume. We, we actually, yes, locally brewed. Right. We um, actually, Schlafly is one of our sponsors this year, so it will be Schlafly beer. This seems, this this whole production and everything around it seems a lot more intricate, maybe, than things you've done in past years. Or am I wrong on that? Well, I mean, Don, it's a little less intricate in a way, because last year we had probably 20 different elements to the festival. Mm-hmm. We had an art exhibition. We had a troop in from Cuba. We had binga da bang da boom There was just... I felt maybe too much to do in too short a period of time. Mm. So this time we're doing an iconic play. We're doing one of the top five Williams plays in a very large venue with other satellite events around it. So it's not as intricate, but it's bigger, I believe. That bring people into the tent? Yeah, and I I think that we will... um, gauge how this does with this new newer format of a bigger production surrounded by smaller satellite uh, productions. But we already have two plays in mind for next year, um, and we'll see, we'll see what people want. I might do a little survey. But I think people, you know, the first two years, and then with Stairs to the Roof, which, which was sort of our unofficial uh, first year, 
I did more of the edgier, offbeat Williams. And I think, honestly, as I get to know my audience here, I think people want the familiar titles. Will will you be doing two productions next year or choose one of two? I believe that um, we are looking at becoming more year-round. We will have our signature festival in May again, the exact same dates pretty much. It's the 9th through 19th in 2019. But I'd like to do a couple of other things in between. Do you so, want to tell us what ones you'd like to do? Well, I do. I will. I My dream is to do Suddenly Last Summer in the oh. Jewel Box at Forest Park. I love doing site-specific theater, and I think the Jewel Box is a perfect oh, wow. setting for Suddenly Last Summer because it takes place in the Garden District of New Orleans on a, in a very lush patio. Um, and Williams personally loved the Jewel Box. Uh, it's even mentioned in Glass Menagerie. Oh, really? Um and then people love our rooming house plays. We generally do a series of plays in the Stockton House over here on Samuel mm-hmm. Shepard Drive. Mm-hmm. And I have all of those lined up possibly for the fall. The street has been torn up. So that's why we aren't doing them this spring. But we will resurrect those, a, a whole different set of them. Are you going to recruit Henry for any of this? Of course. <laughs> He'll never be safe around me. Are you up for it, Henry? <laughs> I am definitely up for it. Well, as as our time winds down, let's give another listen to uh, clip number three from uh, Streetcar Named Desire by Henry Palkus. What's this about? This is the top of Act Three, and it sort of is the <laughs> it's the happy music, if there is any, um, <laughs> to a, a birthday party gone ter- going to go terribly wrong, and it introduces um, uh, our our clarinet player. Um, Sasha Boychuk from the Ukraine, and uh, he and the trumpet player just sort of, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a party atmosphere. Here we go. I'm just getting an email here. Michael in University City says he's knocked out by this music. Super. Can he, can he get it someplace? <laughs> We're going to figure out a way to do that. You I, know, what I would <laughs> like to do is take all of ten, Henry's Tennessee Williams music that he has created for us over the last three years and actually do a recording of it yeah. and maybe sell it at the next festival. I'm Why so not? glad to Sounds hear like you a great that. idea. Well, we should. It should be documented. You know, half the time Henry just creates this in his beautiful living room with his, on his gorgeous Steinway with the director and, and me in the room, and it's it's pretty thrilling to see how it evolves. We've got to end it there. It's going to May, May 10th at uh, 7.30 p.m. at the Grandel. Through the 19th. Through the 19th. We'll have it on our website. Great Henry Palkus, Kerry Hawk, thank you. Thank you, Don. Thank you. Thanks. Archive versions of past St. Louis on the Air programs available for download or podcast at stlpublicradio.org slash stlonair. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU. Thank you for listening. I'm Don Marsh. <laughs>